0: It's September, guys. On Thursday, we enter the first of September. And as Tom says, he stole half my intro. Uh, it is a new year, it's a new day. So I was wondering, hands up if you're excited about September starting. More traffic on the roads. Yeah, amazing. Hands up if you're sad that it's September already. It's come around so fast. Hands up. Hands up, we've had an amazing summer. A really great time. Okay, hands up if you're still living in denial and you're just pretending it's still the summer holidays. Okay, leave your hand in the air, give someone a high five, just get some love, we're all in this together, it's all going to be okay. Um, it's a mix of emotions, right? September, as Thomas alluded to, it's a very mixed bag. And whatever you, September looks like for you, um, there's no denying that it can be really significant for lots and lots of people. And so I wanted to ask you just to draw your mind, and we've got a picture up here, I've got my slides, I've got a lovely slide of a mountain. I was thinking about what mountains are you facing this September, and I wanted you to just think about this question right now. For you, what, what is a mountain that you're facing? Wavy something in your home life, your work life, we had cost of living crisis mentioned, this, your school life, in your family. Friendship groups, what is it? Something in your personal faith, something in your walk with God in your daily struggles, something about grief and loss or a wrestle with faith. What are the mountains that you are facing? And how are you gonna climb them? Are you concerned about how you're gonna climb them? How are you even gonna face them? I don't know if you can see, there's actually a tiny man On the ridge of the green bit. And I think some of us might feel a little bit like that man, just like, whoa, this mountain is big. Well, if we've not met before, my name's Luke. Just wanted to say hello again. I'm the curate here. And uh, me, my wife Hannah, and our son Isaac, we're going to be planting a church in a few years. But we're here to serve and to learn from you guys before that. And my prayer this morning is that God would speak through me in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But this week, guys, it's New Year, so I thought New Year, new me. I'm going to get myself a haircut. I don't know what you think of this fresh fade. Um, but after I got a haircut, I don't know if anyone else does this, you go home and you look in the mirror, right? Because obviously in the barbers, you're like, oh, amazing, perfect, it's 10 out of 10. Then you go home, you're like, I wonder what it actually looks like. And you go and you have a look. And as I was looking in the mirror, I just felt like the gentle whisper of the Lord just say to me, Luke, where is your attention? Why are you so concerned about what you look like? How others perceive you and how you present? And I felt like God just say, just look at me. Look at me. And I felt like God say, focus on how I see the world, not on how the world sees you. And I felt that maybe this was a challenge, not just for me, but for us as a church family. As we enter September, as we face different mountains, I just feel like the Lord challenged us. Where is your attention? What are you looking at? Are you focused on how the world is seeing you or how God sees the world? And I don't know if anyone's seen Captain Phillips, but I just felt God say, look at me. I'm the captain now. And if God's the captain, you can't be the captain. Can anyone tell me what we just looked at over the summer, what our last summer series was on? Anyone remember down here? Fruit of the Spirit, yes. We've actually got the strawberry coming out now. No, we don't, we don't really. Uh, And before the fruit of the Spirit, what did we look at? Do you remember? Abiding, yes, John 15. And guys, that is not a word just for the summer. I just really feel like we need to keep hold of those truths and push ahead as we keep our eyes fixed on what God is doing and not keeping our attention focused on ourselves and our problems, our mountains. Because someone who had their attention on abiding, had their attention on God, was a guy in our video. Do you remember what his name was? Moses. Yes, very good. And Moses, he had some mountains to climb, both physical and metaphorical. And uh, Moses, one of his big mountains was that God told Moses to lead a whole country worth of people through a desert into another land. And that's a pretty daunting thing. But Moses, faced with this challenge, what does he do? He goes to his tent of meeting and he speaks to God. And this is what he says, if we go to the next slide. He says in Exodus 33, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. Well, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And what God says next is what I think is a promise and a word for us as a church this week in September and as we push into the year. And God replies to Moses and he says these words. If we go to the next slide. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That is a promise that God makes to Moses and to us, and it is a beautiful thing. I will give you rest. That comes up again in the Bible in a very famous verse. Anyone know who said it? If you don't know, what do you say? Jesus, Jesus, yes. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And I was struck when I read this about the first three words of this. It says, come to me. The question is, how, how do we do that? What does, what does Jesus mean when he says, come to me? What does he mean? So if I said, if I got these chocolates out, get your attention. If I said, come to me, all who are hungry, and I'll give you chocolate, what are you going to do? Anyone hungry? <laughs> Please, yes. Come to me. Here we go. Yay. Come to me, all who are hungry, and I'll give you chocolate. Yes. That's it, it's working. This is the illustration I was after, come on. Yes. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna leave these here, just try and take one. Sorry, parents. So what do you think? (laughs) What do you think it means when he says, come to me? we need to go to jesus just like these guys have run up the front we need to be thinking how can i run to jesus come to jesus and find rest how do we as a community go to jesus and i think the answer was like what we saw in our video we need to find our own version of the tent of meeting you don't need to necessarily pitch your your van gogh tent in the garden and go out there it might be space in your bedroom, maybe in the car, maybe when you're walking the dog, maybe somewhere down the street, maybe when you're in the queue at the supermarket. We've even got, and this is exciting, guys, and I'm going to need an ooh for this, we've got a brand new prayer room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Outside, the estates team, Owen and Dan and Heather Andrews have been working really hard to make this thing happen. It's come up. It's out behind that wall. And it's going to be open. We're going to run prayer meetings at 7, 9, 12, 3 in the evenings. It's going to be a space where we can go and be with Jesus. Because the promise for us this morning is that when we go to Jesus and when we sit in his presence, in the face of all of our mountains this September, he will give us rest. He will give us a light burden and an easy yoke. But I wonder how that fits with your plans, right? Mountains take a lot of walking. You're probably really, really busy people. You've got a lot to do. How do you think, Luke, I'm gonna find the time to just go to the prayer room, like I've actually got a job and lots of things to do? Well, one person that you might wanna hear about is a guy called King David, off of the Bible, the fellow that killed Goliath. He was a king, right? He had a whole country to deal with, 12 tribes, two kingdoms. He had lots of people trying to attack his people. And do you know what he said about approaching your tasks and your mountains? We've got this next slide here. In Psalm 27, he says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may do all my tasks as fast as possible and then go to bed early. He said, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And to seek him in his temple, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. What does that mean for us in this season? Uh, you might think that that sounds pretty boring and there's no shame in the kingdom. You know, some of us here might think, come on, Luke. There's only so long you can just sit in a room and think about God. But I think David was onto something and Moses was onto something. And in that passage in Exodus 33, Moses actually says to God, if, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, then we are not going to leave this place. If your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going to leave because we need your presence. In fact, Moses says to God, it's your presence that distinguishes us as a people. It's the thing that sets us apart. So if we're serious about what God wants to do, we need to be serious about his presence. We need to be people that are going to be willing to sit and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord because his presence is the thing that we need. And it's the thing that's going to give us rest. And it's in that place that his light burden and his easy yoke will help us to ascend the mountains that we face and the best thing about the presence of god and i'm going to close with this is just that it's not just an easy burden and a light yoke that god promises us through his spirit but when we sit in his presence when we sort of foster and nurture his presence and we become people of his presence then his spirit starts to work in us and through us and out into the world. And as we read in Isaiah 61, when the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us, we will see broken hearts bound up. We will see captives freed. We will see mourners comforted. We'll see ashes turn to beauty. We'll see mourning turn to joy. We will see the spirit of despair exchanged for a garment of praise. And check this out. It says that we will see ruined cities renewed. We will see cities renewed when we spend time in the presence of God and we see his spirit at work. And if we're going to be a church that is passionate about the city of Sheffield, if we're serious about our mission to be for the city, then we need to be serious about spending time in the presence of God. We need to be serious about seeing the spirit work in and through us. So as we close, I was wondering if I could ask you to stand, if you'd be comfortable to stand. You can sit if you'd be more comfortable sitting. And I just thought we'd do a little activation, a little exercise that might help you to seek the presence of God. You know, it can be quite daunting or difficult or abstract or metaphorical. What does it mean, Luke, to come to Jesus? Well, we're just going to try it now, okay? And you might be doing this for the thousandth time. You might be doing this for the first time. But if you would humor me, that would be amazing. You might want to close your eyes. And you might want to open out your hands in front of you like you're going to receive something. And I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, which is part of God, who's in us and among us, just ask him to enter your heart. Just ask him to come and meet you where you are. He's a kind God. He's a good God. And he wants to meet us. So why don't you just take a really deep breath in as you say, Holy Spirit, come. And a deep breath out and just keep taking those deep breaths in and just let the peace of God fill your heart. Let the Spirit of God come and give you rest in the face of whatever is ahead. Whatever that mountain is, you know that you can just pause, take a deep breath in and receive the rest of God. His light burden his easy yoke because he is our living hope he's our eternal joy and he is the one that's going to come and renew the city of Sheffield in us and through us